Hello and welcome to another episode of CX Conversations. Today we are talking about managing customer experience in the dynamic cryptocurrency world. We all know that cryptocurrency market is dynamic. In 2017, Bitcoin saw a growth of 1318% and amid fears of government regulation in February 2018, over 100 billion dollar was wiped off the global crypto market. in just 24 hours discussing how to keep pace and manage the customer experience in such a dynamic market is our guest ajit khurana ajit is a renowned angel investor and currently the ceo at zeppay a leading cryptocurrency exchange and wallet headquartered in singapore he's a serial entrepreneur with his earliest startups in education which was acquired by intel capital in late 90s Among other things Ajit has also been the CEO of IIT Bombay's Signed Business Incubator and an advisor at Kalari Capital. He continues to work closely with entrepreneurs as an angel investor and advisor. Ajit has been an early adopter of almost every new technology that was launched in its time. He has taught e-commerce at the University of Texas at Austin back in 1993. when the term e-commerce was not even coined ajit believes that cryptocurrency is going to have the biggest impact to human kind far more than internet e-commerce or mobile phones because cryptocurrency fundamentally changes money i couldn't be more excited about hosting ajit on cx conversations ajit welcome to cx conversations thank you for making the time for this thank you for having me and i must say that was quite a delightful and humbling introduction so thank you for being so generous thank you ajit i love doing that so let's rewind back to last year when rbi banned cryptocurrency transactions i believe you had just joined as ceo of zeppay india's biggest cryptocurrency exchange at that time can you share what was going through your mind at that time and also share how your customers were reacting to this announcement so i'll break that into three different parts First of all what was going through my mind absolutely nothing because when there is only one counterparty which is the reserve bank of india or a commercial bank in india through who you can do business and they say you know what there's nothing wrong with what you're doing go ahead do what you're doing but i will not support you so it's a mind numbing experience so when you say what was going through my mind i actually stopped thinking probably for the first time in my life as in how can this be if for instance the establishment had taken the view that bitcoin was bad or for the matter that bitcoin should not be allowed in india it was one matter but when that was not the approach taken and by the way even as recently as uh, yesterday or a few days ago there was a question in parliament about whether bitcoin is banned in india and both in the lok sabha as well as the rajya sabha the corresponding uh, person from the government said it's not banned then how can you withdraw banking support as in what do we do then as in it's like a it was like i said a mind numbing thing having said that though you are right that i had just joined as ceo of zeppe uh, literally a few days ago okay uh, but prior to that i used to head the blockchain and cryptocurrency committee uh, where all exchanges including zeppe or many several of the exchanges including zeppe are member uh, so i had all the sensibility of you know being a blockchain or slash cryptocurrency guy at that point of time and i must say that uh, i encountered a deep sense of disappointment i encountered a huge sense of being let down and also uh, 
you know a great sense of misfortune that you know why has india taken a decision which of course hurts my company that that's not the point but which is going to hurt india so much so that is what was going on in my mind as far as our customers are concerned well it's quite clear that uh, when you see the reaction uh, in the prices of indian cryptocurrency they did take a dip and uh, when the final circular came out a few days after the initial announcement uh, once again we encountered another dip uh, not as severe as it could have been but uh, it was quite clear all around that these few early adopters who were actually going to usher in you know the golden age of cryptocurrency in india were actually being viewed with suspicion and being told that you know we won't let you do what you're doing yeah i it's kind of imaginable what what you might have been going and even your customers because cryptocurrency is relatively new not everyone understands what they can do with it could you help prospective crypto product customers understand what what all they can do with with an app or service like zepay and hypothetically in a world where crypto transactions were not banned so once again there are two parts to it one is you know where does zepay come into the picture and second is the overall scenario for cryptocurrency i think that if you go back and try to understand how all the gurus in the world starting from satoshi nakamoto who wrote his you know very famous white paper describing bitcoin uh what has happened is that because it's not just an innovation or a new feature to an existing innovation but an entirely new paradigm what has happened is that every guru or evangelist who has tried to talk about bitcoin has tried to simplify it by comparing it to something else for uh, let me give you two very interesting examples one in satoshi nakamoto's white paper the word cryptocurrency does not occur in the whole document okay likewise uh, a lot of people who have talked about cryptocurrencies eventually have likened it to being digital gold now the problem is that the moment i call bitcoin cryptocurrency uh, i attribute to it the word currency thereby what i want to see in it is probably all the things that i view in general currency such as the us dollar or the euro or the indian rupee and quite naturally when you are talking of a new paradigm this is you would not judge uh, you know like a fish by its ability to fly or climb trees so the problem is that if the us dollar or fiat currency in general is supposed to be the absolute and perfect then bitcoin cannot measure up because it has different characteristics so the first challenge in understanding cryptocurrencies is there a lot of information out there is meant to oversimplify so somebody will say that bitcoin is like digital gold and then the moment you do that there will be all these people who rush in and say hey but gold has this characteristic and that characteristic and that history and bitcoin doesn't have it so how can you call it digital gold so while i appreciate the need to oversimplify this paradigm to make it accessible and understood by everybody at the same time these oversimplifications like every other analogy that we use in real life has its limitations so here's what i want to do whenever when we talk about cryptocurrencies becoming more prevalent let us not automatically assume that the, it necessarily means that transactions will move from let's say the us dollar to bitcoin let us not automatically assume that you know i'll be buying coffee by paying for it in bitcoin sure those are applications and with the coming of the lightning network which is a layer 2 technology and soon there will be layer 3 technologies there will be applications in cryptocurrencies which are not too dissimilar to what we have seen in other modes of existence 
But the first thing to keep in mind is whenever innovation comes in. So, for instance, when computers became prevalent in India in the late 80s, I was a student of computer engineering then. One of the things I found is that people were doing on computers the same thing that they were doing physically using books and paper. This is the first stage of adoption where you don't innovate what you do, you merely automate it. The second stage is where, you know, eventually we got into the consumer internet, then mobile devices, then apps, then openness, then open software, then cloud computing, where, you know what you say? You say, why should I be restricted about what I do and how I do when the new paradigm allows me to do it entirely differently? Right? So that is where I think the real value of cryptocurrency would come in. For instance, let us say we were using the Bitcoin blockchain for insurance, health insurance, right? Now, when you think of, okay, how would Bitcoin be used in health insurance? The most pedestrian way to think of it would be that when I have to pay for my insurance policy, I pay for it using Bitcoin, or when I go to the hospital or the doctor, I pay for it using Bitcoin or the like, which is okay. But you know, that takes you from like zero to 0 0.01. I want to go from zero to 100. So for instance, if instead of merely using it as a medium of exchange, what if hospital machines, systems, computer ERP applications were actually reading and writing onto the Bitcoin blockchain and thereby they were to put hashes or signatures of what has been done for what patient, patient being identified by their public key onto the blockchain and there is a blockchain based insurance which then releases money uh, as a you know re reimbursement for the hospital expenses automatically without there even being an insurance company leave alone you know uh, an insurance agent who has to go through it I'm saying there's no insurance company now if something like this could be done and obviously once again in the interest of time I have to I have oversimplified the mechanism but if this could be done we would be living in an entirely new world of the kind that was unleashed when the internet first came about. Right? So I think this is the sort of thing that one can look forward to when cryptocurrency not just is used to do the application, uh, to do the things that are done currently, but actually enables you to do things that could not be done at all. I think that that is the glorious future I look forward to. Zeppe today is an exchange. Now what an exchange does is it allows you to change one asset into another and Zeppe has strategically chosen to be a fiat to crypto exchange which means you can take your fiat currencies and convert to the uh, to digital assets such as Bitcoin. And this is called the on-ramp. Likewise, if you want to sell your crypto and get back to fiat, it's called off-ramp. Today, so few people in the world, so much less, so few, even not even 1% of the world is in cryptocurrency. So I think that a service like Zepay plays a huge role in enabling people to make their first entry because the only assets they have currently are fiat assets, so to move into digital assets. So I think that is Zepay's role. When this number rises a lot, maybe becomes 10%, 15-20%, at that point of time, the acute need of a service such as Zepay, the fiat to cryptocurrency exchange, will not be to the same extent. And we ourselves will morph and evolve into other roles or additional roles that we play in the cryptocurrency space. Today, we believe that getting people on ramp is the biggest thing we can do for this paradigm. So we have chosen the business model that we are in. And we invite all of your listeners to come and try out Zepay. Sure, that, that's quite a roundup, uh, Ajit. And while you were talking about that, I was re reminded of this uh, 
recent episode of uh, black mirror that i was watching on netflix have you seen that so i think i have watched only the first episode which had to do with social media likes etc but i know yeah, what black yeah. mirror is so i can imagine what it might be like so why don't you tell me what it was yeah so there is this uh, one of the older seasons uh, episode is uh, it's quite a dystopian story actually where everyone's uh, locked in a world where each of their activities earns them some uh, bitcoins and uh, they can spend those bitcoins in daily things even from the um, even the smallest thing like in the morning when they want to brush their uh, teeth they can take a drop of toothpaste out of a dispenser that is put in that is uh, put in their washroom and the amount of toothpaste that they use is deducted from their bitcoin automatically every activity that they do so the entire day they are just cycling and earning bitcoins for the effort that they are putting in in that and everything is screens actually so on their screens they are bombarded with different offers and advertisements of different things that they can purchase from uh, this whosoever is kind of in control of the entire uh, world at that point in time and people are buying spending their bitcoins on these uh, Uh, entertainment activities plus whatever they wish to and earning them back by uh, by cycling and and other activities which is uh, which was quite intriguing and also just like other black mirror episodes it it just makes you feel like it it is quite possible maybe we we may be living in that world very soon and uh, when you were talking about the possibilities that cryptocurrency opens uh, uh, going by that example of the a uh, health insurance provider where everything is adding into the bitcoin and when you claim it you just deduct how much ever is uh, is the worth of your claim so i understand uh, what you have described sounds pretty disturbing right let me just tell <laughs> yes. you this that you don't have to look at a dystopian uh, black mirror episode because the world <laughs> you described though clearly it's a work of fiction actually is not that is how exactly the world works today and has worked always so for instance if you said when you take a drop or a little bit of toothpaste away in the morning and your bitcoin balance gets uh, you know debited isn't that happening today to you with fiat money as in you did pay uh, let's say a certain amount of money to buy your toothpaste and every time you use a little bit of it that much gets consumed likewise you go around the whole day not necessarily cycling like you said but doing a certain amount of tasks whether undergoing training education going through a job offering a business or service thereby doing a certain number of tasks which give you that money so actually that world is not very different from the world that we live in it's it actually is identical the yeah it is kind of the cycle of money yeah it is exactly the same so i think that the big difference that bitcoin does uh, so uh, that uh, let's say fiat doesn't do is this the decision making about who does what the decision making about you know how this entire system works that you described through the black mirror episode i think the key is who is making those decisions what are their motivations how much do we trust them for instance uh, you know people talk about how certain assets are inflationary deflationary volatile etc well all assets are that way but my question to you is do you want a select committee of a few people let us call them high ranking government officials central bankers ministries senates congresses who cares by whatever name do you want a few people making that decision for you 
do you want that a large bank is failing and the country doesn't want it to fail so they print more money and release it into the system and call it let's say quantitative easing do is that what should happen or should there be a fair system so for example i have earned 1000 dollars by providing a certain service i choose to hold on to that 1000 dollars why does it become worth 990 dollars or 980 dollars next year simply because the government prints more money thereby diluting the money i had even though i didn't spend it even though i didn't take any risk with it so i would be okay with it if they told me the algorithm they are going to follow i don't want to be at their mercy and that is where bitcoin is far less dystopian because we know that you're going to create one block every 10 minutes or so we know so many will be the total number we know everything and if uh, 51% of the people decided to change some of these rules it can be done what i am bothered about is the same dystopian dysfunctionality that you that you explained but occurring at the whims and fancies of a few aristocrats well wow. wow. that's amazing so from the prospect perspective of a company that offers cryptocurrency products what all do you think it must do to ensure it delivers a great customer experience as well so very simply let's break that into two words and then join them together customer and experience first the word customer my favorite customer my favorite word the word that i spend all my waking hours thinking about and i think occasionally i dream about them too because that is all that the business is about any business is only about the customer all the other things that we want to attribute to being a positive business uh innovation product cost price leverage growth etc all have to fundamentally start with the customer and end with the customer so i think that that is a starting point for all businesses but since you asked me about the experience element of it it goes without saying and i am sure that since you are talking about cx and your audience must be people interested or professionally occupied in cx uh clearly cx is huge in terms of the likelihood of success or the strategic road map of any organization but i think it is all the more so important for a bitcoin exchange such as ours i'll explain why suppose you were going to a retailer of apparel shirts shoes whatever you can go to shop 1 shop 2 or shop 3 you go to shop 1 and this guy has to try to sell you the t-shirt amongst other things maybe pricing maybe how it looks etc the person will try to convince you that the t-shirt is better than the ones being sold by the other shop maybe it's durable maybe it is a great social standing maybe it is a fashion statement the interesting thing is that when people buy bitcoin and zeppe it is the same damned bitcoin they could have bought anywhere else so i do not have the opportunity to tell them that my bitcoin is better than the one they would purchase at another location that means it's a pure commodity you you understand the problem with that and the moment you are selling pure commodity i actually you know cannot differentiate on the product that has been delivered so then what do i differentiate on i could probably have a greater trust that people have in me which you know initiates the customer relationship but it is only when the experience works out for people and the experience by the way is everything right from how i onboarded them to how they first heard about me to how they transact to how they are supported post the transaction all of these are elements of experience and then there are more only the customer experience is a differentiator for me because i am selling a completely generic product hence it plays a very important role for me 
So what all do you think uh, like a similar or anyone who's building a Bitcoin product or a crypto product, they should keep in mind when they're planning on building a differentiating customer experience for their product? So, you know, your question, of course, being very valuable uh, is going to prompt me to give very high level answers, which tend, I know that if I were a listener of your podcast, I would want specific answers, not high level answers. So let me just preface with a disclaimer and then get specific that at different points of time in an organization's history, uh, what works at one time may not work at another time. So let me go back to when Zeppay started. I'm not a founder and I was not associated with Zeppay at that point. So they made a very conscious decision that Zeppay would be app only. Now look at it this way. They were an India-facing company. India, so this was the India of 2014-15. Mobile phones had exploded. Mobile phones, there were more people with access to mobile devices than to uh, toilets, right? So in light of that, uh, it turned out to be a great customer experience to be able to carry a device with which you can buy Bitcoin regardless of where you are, right? So at that point of time, the mere act of being an app-based cryptocurrency exchange was huge customer experience. Today, I agree, it does not sound like much of a differentiator because everybody has their, has their uh, you know, apps. Number two, what is your, how do you identify a customer? If you think about what made WhatsApp pretty popular was that you didn't need an email to register with WhatsApp. Right. All other things, whether PayPal or, you know, so many other messages, Facebook, the starting point would always be email. And in a country like India, uh, at least, uh, so I don't know the official numbers, but I'm quite confident that I would not be wrong when I say that the number of WhatsApp users probably exceeds the number of people who have email addresses. Absolutely. So if email is the bottleneck, then WhatsApp would be the number of WhatsApp users would be a subset of that. So WhatsApp said, no, no, your phone number can be your uh, identifier. And you know what? You would definitely have a phone number, right? Otherwise, how are you using WhatsApp? Correct? So, we also did something which I think was a brilliant move. And this is not in self-praise because, like I said, I was not part of that pay at that point of time. Uh, but we also used the customer's phone number as their identifier. We would, of course, collect their email, etc. for communication. But that also helped propel us and our growth at the same rate at which mobile telephony was penetrating in India which as it's legendary as to how great that has been. So this was another example. Now, when we start going to things such as UI, UX, how do buttons flow? What are colors like? What are screen layouts like? I think that it is a never ending battle and actually a constantly moving goalpost because what we do is we try to keep bettering ourselves. We look at the best practices. We look at what everybody else is doing and then we try to get better and then we try to get better and then we try to get better. Despite this, we come across huge challenges because the world of fintech is characterized by one huge pain point on customer experience, which may not necessarily be experienced by, let us say, if I were a mobile game developer or, you know, some of the other apps uh, that, come, uh, that exist on the mobile device or on the website. And that is a lot of experience that customers are experiencing with me is actually tied in to external providers. So for instance, if a customer has to transfer money to me from their bank account or transfer money from me to their bank account, I have to integrate with the bank system. And if there is a reliability issue there, if the APIs are not stable or you know other such things, uh, it ruins or 
diminishes a customer's experience though i could you know claim innocence by saying hey it was not my fault so i have to actually stand guard and overcome uh, uh, you know the limitations of customer experience that my entire ecosystem provides and that these three things one is the evolving nature of the ecosystem second is the fact that there is a unique there is a commodity uh, that we are selling and third that i being a fintech company i am deeply integrated into external service providers presents huge challenges and quite naturally now to directly answer your question also the opportunities for how i differentiate myself on customer experience compared to other players hmm. so i'm going to summarize this uh, ajit and tell me if i got this right so uh, from a cryptocurrency product perspective and and i think it it could be possibly valid to every other mobile or a, or a, a software product so the first thing that you mentioned was that by the sheer nature of the business being on the mobile phones of its users the users had a better customer experience um so which for me it kind of distills down to the fact be where your customers are then the second thing is that you did not rely majorly on email ids you relied primarily on mobile phones uh, phone numbers so communicate with your or use the channel for your customers that they are most uh, comfortable using right so that's the second point the third point that you talked about was about ux of the product itself which is a constantly evolving and iterative process but the the point over there is that you need to be constantly looking at improving your ux as well and the third point uh, sorry the fourth point was about when by the nature of your product or by the nature of your business you have to transact with other third party applications you need to make sure that those transactions are seamless and you just cannot you just cannot deny that service to your customers Uh, by saying that this is being offered by a third party and we are not responsible for it you need to stand guard on it and make sure that you you do everything that is required uh, to ensure that you are either onboarding the right third party partners and you are saying no to doing business with partners who do not have the the level of uh, availability and and the level of seamlessness that is required for you for you to deliver a good customer experience have i summed it up right yes that was a nice summary of what i said thanks for doing that great so uh, that's interesting now let's go back to the launch of uh, and and i'm just trying to kind of correlate a few things over here if you go back to the launch of internet or the dot com or early e-commerce companies so many companies got away with delivering crappy customer experience we know we almost everyone in the customer experience world has read the case study of AOL and and what not so given that it was early days at that time and we have definitely come a long way in terms of the customer experience in those industries since then do you think crypto products or bitcoin products can have the same leeway considering it's still early days for the crypto product market and and why so i must say that uh... i am a little intimidated by the fact that you know you as well as your uh, listeners are cx enthusiasts and cx uh, professionals because i am not right i would love to be great at cx with that disclaimer let me tell you that when we say that in the early age, days of the internet a lot of the providers got away by giving crappy experience i 
my question is who thinks so as in are we think are we deciding that looking back that hey aol used to be so horrible or did we feel that is horrible when we were using it i think that what tends to happen is that yeah i remember some really ugly looking websites that i would visit but when i was visiting them i was not necessarily thinking they're crappy today if i were to look at a 1998 website oh my god i would scream my eyes would explode right with all those animated gifs and you know things happening around and flashing headers and stuff i understand that what i'm trying to say is that truth has a context to it okay when i say truth i don't mean it as the opposite of untruth i mean it as a principle or a statement that we make so for instance i think that in the early days of the internet where we had barely any graphic elements it was also driven by the fact that the bandwidth was so low that we were still on 2.4k as in my first uh, modem was a 2.4k modem uh, and then i bought a 14.4k modem so i think that uh, customers expectations also are uh, pegged to their the, what they consume on other platforms if you were to buy the premise what i just said so i think that no absolutely uh, cryptocurrency customers today cannot uh, cannot accept any kind of shoddy experience just because cryptocurrency is new because you know internet is not new mobile apps are not new they are used to consuming a variety of products including fintech products uh, through be it uh, banking be it digital wallets or the like cryptocurrency effectively as a technical uh, delivery is not very different right i could buy i could convert from one forex to another i should similarly be able to convert from one forex to cryptocurrency so no i don't think there is any forgiving poor customer experience because the expectations have been set and the, and we cannot draw an analogy from the fact that in the early days of the internet crappy experience got through because that crappy at that point was the best available today i have to match with the best available customer experience not just in cryptocurrency but with other experiences that the customers have on similar digital platforms brilliant answer ajit thanks for sharing that now here is some rapid fire questions rapid fire is my favorite kind of question let's do it great so which business leader do you follow and what have you learned from him or her <laughs> the, the answer is absolutely none i've never had role models i keep shifting from one person to the other but frankly a role model so let's sounds limiting correct sorry say that once again i have never had role models at various points of time i may have followed one person or the other but in general having a role model is a very limiting thought for me so i don't okay. follow anybody specific uh, i do read up a lot i watch online videos but i can't name one person who i would regard as a guru okay all right so which is the one book you would recommend someone and why i would tell people to read the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy by douglas adams i know in the context of cryptocurrency and customer experience you would have probably expected me to talk about a business book or about a book uh, you know that is a self improvement book or a customer sales marketing book i have instead given you a, a humorous science fiction book for two reasons number one it helps you open your mind it stretches the boundary of your imagination to think beyond what is and that is one of the huge best things about the book and number 2 i think that everything we do whether we are talking about something like the experience that customers have with you 
or whether we are talking about you know being in the paradigm of cryptocurrency fundamentally revolves around you feeling rewarded by feeling happy and good about yourself that book makes that book makes me feel good so that's the book i would recommend to your uh, your audience wonderful which startup do you admire for their customer focus and the kind of customer experience it delivers i would say i would have said amazon except for some bad experiences so i would probably say Ooh. but it's not a startup we are talking about a startup right now because ah. you're in the angel angel investment scene and and you are uh, you're interacting with a lot many startups so okay. that's why i put it i, I don't know I, i absolutely get it see in my mind compared to some of the uh, more established companies amazon is a startup but i i perfectly okay that you don't want to classify it as such and probably you are technically right so which startup is doing very well oh my god do you know that i am personally invested into so many startups and i mentor so many others and the problem is that while on the one hand i want to list one of them but i'm now thinking what the others would think if i didn't list them so i'm going to actually keep my portfolio aside so except for all the companies that i am invested in and mentor who are absolutely the best in the world the startup that uh, that the one that i enjoy the most is brave browser i think that it is a paradigm shifting uh, startup wonderful and uh, what's your word of advice for customers of crypto products so here's the thing while uh, you know the entire spiel i gave you initially about how crypto is going to change the world is what i truly believe in and what is going to change the world the fact is that people are coming in with a variety of motivations so for instance i myself when i first got into crypto or got interested in looking in the direction of crypto i went ahead and uh, uh, sorry my attraction was the price movement so the speculative interest or the speculation opportunity is turning out to be at present the biggest use case of cryptocurrency while on the one hand that is not very encouraging to hear while on the other hand why not when there is so many uh, you know opportunities and asset classes in which one invests and speculates on capital gains why not do it in cryptocurrency but despite this what i would tell users of crypto is three things number one don't get carried away don't look at yesterday being an indicator for tomorrow so be use your common sense don't bet the farm number 2 trading in any asset class leaves most of the participants with a loss while overall there may be a profit but it gets caught up by a few captured by a few people who make a lot of money so think of it for the long term don't think of it as btst that is buy today sell tomorrow and the third and final thing for heaven's sake learn educate yourself more and more about cryptocurrency because concepts such as blockchain and the tokens that power them are going to change everything that you do in your real life so leave alone just the price movements uh, try to understand the entire paradigm that was amazing ajit thank you so much with that we've also come to the end of this podcast i would like to thank you once again for being a part of cx conversations and having this delightfully amazing uh, conversation with me vivek it was entirely my pleasure and i appreciate how encouraging you have been throughout the podcast for me i am actually so unlike what happens sometimes because you know i don't like to hear the sound of my own voice but this time around i think we had such a great conversation that i am going to be keenly awaiting you publishing this podcast so that i can hear it again thanks for the opportunity for sure thank you so much and uh, to all our listeners this is vivek signing off from cx conversations until next time bye